God is going to heal you right now. And I went, oh, no, <laughs> in my mind. And I didn't tell her, go, oh, I didn't want to get rid of it. See, but because God loves us, if we're walking close to him and we have a sin, even as a hidden sin, you have anorexia. She didn't know. And I probably was 105 pounds again. <laughs> I the pleasantly flopped. Who knows? So I did begin to be healed. And I'm going to tell you how he healed me, Michelle. He really did truly heal me. He said, as long as you will eat right and exercise, you could be thin. But you can't, it's like almost like you can't do it that way. So when I would be not eating, like I forgot breakfast, and I just start to starve. But I was still in that mode that would be thin. But if I don't eat something, like for breakfast, I get so starved. That was a miracle way that God knew. He knows me. And he knew that I wouldn't do it on my own. And so he, as a loving father, he healed me. You're listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. Happy New Year, Altered Story Show listeners. This is your chief storyteller host, Michelle Saunders Gutch. And welcome to my first episode of 2022, episode 72. Yes, 72. Ellen from Trial to Triumph Anorexia God Story. And friends, it's been a while since I've recorded, and I'm thankful to have my voice now so I can record this episode because I had planned on recording it sooner, and unfortunately, I lost my voice. I also want to thank all of you for listening to my podcast that is part of the Spark Media Network and can now be heard on the Edify app, which is the world's most powerful Christian app that offers thousands of the best Christian podcasts for your listening. And friends, I'm also excited to share that I'm going to be making a few adjustments to the show as we go into this new year. All good. I will also be adding in A few solo releases. Friends, I've never done solo releases. I never thought I could speak for 30 minutes or more on a podcast, but I'm going to work on that so you can get to know me a little better and to share more how God is working in our storytelling healing ministry. Now, friends, it's time to get this show started. And today, I am beyond, beyond excited to bring to the mic my lovely special guest and new women's podcasting and ministry friend, Ellen Mongan. Hello, Michelle. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm going to tell you, lady, I've got so much to share about you. I'm going to do my best, and then you can share more. There is so much about you. I mean... You're a Christian writer. You're a motivational speaker. Of course, how I got to know you is being host of the Women of Wisdom Wow podcast, which I was blessed to be a guest. We had so much fun. You write a column uh, for a newspaper. You're a blogger for Catholic Mom, Women of Grace and Elizabeth Ministry International. You're the founder. I got to hear more about this, the Little Pink Dress Ministry, which today I'm wearing. I I looked, I don't really have a pink dress. I have all kinds of pink, but we're kind of in the thrust of winter here. (laughs) 
So I found something that I thought would kind of be a peak for you today as we honor you on the show. I know you're incredibly gifted, Ellen, as a speaker on radio and TV. And so you do that and you have, and you're in all kinds of things. I, I don't know how, you're just an amazing type triple A achiever woman. And you're the wife of Deacon Patrick Mungan, and he's an MD. Retired. Okay. And you've got seven kids. You're seven children, four son-in-laws, a baby in heaven, and 13 grandchildren. Oh my gosh, and gal. Two daughter-in-laws. And now two daughter-in-laws too. Two. And you, of course, honor your role of wife and mother. And that is being the most important role of all, which I honor. And I think that's why I just am so overjoyed to have you here today. And especially to kick off my year with a guest like you, Ellen, is just phenomenal. What else do you want to share? And good, good afternoon, because I know you're in a different time zone. Good afternoon and welcome. Okay, so I was going to share that. I'm so glad to be on a show and share my story because you shared your story on my show. When you share your story, two things happen. Souls are drawn close to Jesus. And also then your heart is healed a little bit more because you're sharing what really hurt or was hard. A trial isn't always the easiest thing to go through, almost never. And then when you share it, it's you're releasing a little bit and you're giving other people wisdom how they too can get healed and share their story. And then it keeps going. I love to hear your story too. I really did. So thank you again. Wow. This is wonderful. And thank you. Um, So Ellen, will you just tell us a little bit more about your ministry work, including your podcast and, you know, kind of what God is calling you to do outside of the story that we're going to talk about here soon. But you know, just kind of a little bit more about some of your ministries and what prompted you to start them or be part of them and all of that. Okay. I really do think that your journey takes you to your ministry, you know, your journey down a road and there's no, like, there's a GPS, but there, you know, God is our GPS for at least I'm a Christian writer, and, but there's no like roadmap because everyone's on a different road, all heading towards the heart of God, those that are walking with him. And so I never thought I would have any children because I got married and my husband 19 and got married young. So I was, I was, I was like not even having days at. So when I had all the children one by one, it, the journey changes you and it changed me to be a different person. And I embraced the role starting with my firstborn and I was never more shocked than anybody that knew me. <laughs> so I was a flight attendant. Okay. And I have eight children, you know, once in heaven. So I was never more shocked. But if you let God, you surrender and you let him choose the journey, then your journey becomes your ministry. And so I, of course, write, and this is my favorite. You can't, they can't see it. I wrote a book called Wild Mom and it's a walk with God. I have all my girls feet there walking and we have fun looking who's who's and, and it's, it takes motherhood as a serious thing. As just takes instead of going James three or you know um, Luke four, it takes the areas of motherhood that you face. It takes um, bullet train even and how you learn patience through it. And it's scripture based, and then there's prayers and challenges. And it, it's been very used a lot of places. And people like it. It's, it's at Amazon, of course. I would yeah, market a little bit, but it also then I started with the children when they were real little. You don't have a lot of time, Michelle. If you have little ones, you don't have time. Yeah, not that many. Whew. <laughs> Think one minute when you're when you're trying to you know take a breath. But um, 
I began to do parenting classes and teach the parenting classes at the Care Privacy Center because I too had been at classes, not Care Privacy, but the college in Gainesville, Florida, taught mm-hmm. parents how to be parents. That was helpful to me who didn't know what I was doing. So then I went to those classes. So I began to teach that way. And then I, the second thing I did was to start different ministries. So I, um, by some miracle of God, I was able to get on a TV show here in South Carolina. It's WBPI. And I got opportunities when I lived here before I'm trying to get back with Dorothy and get on again. We brought women on to talk about, again, parenting. And then when Zachary died, you think you'd be devastated. Your eighth baby lives two hours full term. And I was devastated. Which even if they said, how you do? And I would just cry. But God used that. And I became the host of Miscarriage Matters, which was a show that helps women that have miscarried or lost babies to heal. And so I was their host. I wrote their show and got guests on it. And then that season was over. And then I went on to, I think it was my training ground to do the podcast. So I started that when God said to do that. And I just keep, we keep evolving like, a, um, you know, like creation, you know, we just keep evolving in the Lord. The more we surrender and spend time with him, the more he changes us on the journey and we let more of Jesus in. So that's kind of a thing. Oh, little pink, I forgot about that. I started Little Pink Dress Ministry because I wanted to tell them about virtue. It's, you know, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are free, but the virtue, you have to like grow that muscle. You can't just say, okay, Lord, I'll have patience, but quickly hurry. <laughs> so I began to call the, the tagline for Little Pink Dress Ministry is accessorized with virtue. As you put your oh, lips. Wow. I love that. And virtue. And I'm not wearing pink, which is the last thing I say. <laughs> I'm wearing red because I feel like, you know, sin blackens your soul and the red, the blood of Jesus covers every spot of, of, of sin. If we, we surrender mm-hmm. to him and we work on it, we have to, it's, it's a work, you know, work out your salvation with fear and trembling and don't, don't look what other people are doing or what they're working on. Look at what God's calling you to do because he wants I you to fly. That. He wants you to fly. So I do. Yes. We need to put that on a meme and put that out there, girl. That is a great quote. Thank you. I don't make them up. I, I just pray and then I open my mouth. Remember we've had you on the show, I say, we don't even look at our notes. We just go, we go, we, <laughs> I do it. I do, other than that, I could never do a show. I mean, the first thing I did was honor a teaching for engaged couples. My husband and I were leading it and we were going to give, no, I think we were, we were second lady and we were giving a talk to engaged couples. And so we gave that and I was kind of like, blah, blah, blah. And I went on radio in California and I was like, I saw the little microphone. I was like, oh my, and I could barely speak. So you know that God covers our mistakes. And he, I started in 1979. That, mm-hmm. that be, you know, and then God has grown me up because I'm old. I'm 68. <laughs> <laughs> You're 68 years young. <laughs> That's it. In my mind, 42. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Well, you, you're amazing. You are amazing as well. Honestly, a survivor is not one who doesn't go through a trial. A survivor is one that gets back up every day and say, Lord, here I am. And together, we climb that mountain. That's how that's a survivor. Yeah. Well, there is a lot there. And, you know, I I totally agree with you. And I just love to hear, you know, kind of where you were and how God has walked with you through your journey and where you are now. And, of course, um, God is using you mightily in so many ways and mentoring too, um, from what you've shared with me, but, you know, we know 
both of us, you know, the power of the story and how it, you know, you alluded that earlier, even in our conversation about the healing piece, which is, you know, why my husband and I, when we were kind of talking about the mission, the full mission of the ministry, Altered Stories, we were like, you know, helping women share their stories so women around the world could hear them. But there's that healing that takes place when you share the story and the healing that takes place and transformation of the woman who hears it, especially depending on where she might be or the struggling that may be going on. So you have many victory stories. We talked about several, but today you're going to talk to us about your anorexia God story. So can you share where that story began? You know, we never notice when something's beginning. We open a little bit of a door to something and then it widens and we go, wow, I let that in and I didn't even see it coming. I had a boyfriend in high school. Everyone did. You know, I had a steady boyfriend. And if you hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Who knows, Helen? It's here being heard everywhere. So (laughs) (laughs) I since then figured out it was really me. I was I was in high school and I was I was that everything girl, like triple A personality. I was on the um, pep squad for gymnastics. I was ahead of that. I was head of dance team. I was I was doing, you know, I'm a go-getter. So I was doing lots of things. I was a national honor society first. I think it was the second one. There was two of us picked our freshman year. So I had lots of things going, you'd think. And I was a studious child and a good girl, Catholic school girl. So I was like, good. And I was dating this one boyfriend, most of my high school. And he said one day, I must, I figured out later, I must have gotten to be mature. You know, we start where, how we look and then we change. And he said, you look pleasantly plump. So I was like, oh my word. Oh, you never tell anybody that. (laughs) Well, people don't know that words either hurt and push you down or press you or words can sell you up and you can feel like on the top of the world. I don't think he meant it because he was an innocent little queer, like about 16, 15. And so that was my, I think my junior year in high school, I began to to diet. I never dieted because I just lived my life and I never thought about body image and lots of girls do nowadays. And so I began one Cheeto a day, <laughs> one oh Cheeto, because you can't lose weight doing it. The slow, I mean, I'm a go-getter and drink lots of water. And I learned lots of tricks. I didn't know it was anorexia. It really was vanity working to, towards being a thin person. And so I graduated high school at 78 pounds, 105. I was 105 pounds plus leap pump. And I went down to 78. And I didn't even think I looked thin enough because when you when you're trying to diet or have a thing like anorexia, and it wasn't discovered that where it came from, then and now it is. They think it's a control thing. And for my case, it was a vanity thing, right? So I had to um, I had to I got seventy eight pounds, and no one even noticed like it was anything wrong. But I knew, and so as I got you know older, I got you know married an anorexic bride. And Pat said, "You won't have any children because look, you're an anorexic. I'm going to do it." It was he's a physician. He said. They won't be able to conceive. And I conceived on the honeymoon and no one was more shocked than I. But out of love for my child, of course, I ate because I had to Cheetos. <laughs> and I began to um, to put on some weight for the baby's sake. I really only gained 20 pounds at first baby, but he was healthy. He gets all the vitamins. I tell the kids I raised you on vitamins. But then I continued that route. If I would be pregnant, I would eat. 
wasn't pregnant, I would die. It. I didn't eat one sheet, although in those days I would have been dead. And anorexia does kill women. So what happened to me is I was my fifth child, my Joshua, and he, um, a lady was at a prayer meeting, and I think I had just either just had him or I was still pregnant. Fifth child out of seven, and a lady at a prayer meeting leaned next to me, and she whispered, do you have an eating disorder? And I said, she didn't know. And I go, yes, I do. This is why the story is so good. And I said, God is going to heal you right now. And I went, oh, no, <laughs> in my mind. And I tell her, go, oh, I didn't want to get rid of it. See, but because God loves us, if we're walking close to him and we have a sin, even as a hidden sin, do you have anorexia? She didn't know. And I probably was 105 pounds again. I'd rather pleasantly flop. Who knows? So I did begin to be healed. And I'm going to tell you how he healed me, Michelle. He really did truly heal me. Heal me this way. He said, as long as you will eat right and exercise, you could be thin. But you can't, it's like almost like you can't do it that way. So when I would be not eating, like I'd forgot breakfast and I'd just start to starve. Like if you were, you know, newborn babies, they say they, they're so famished when they cry out for milk. They're, that's how I was. I have to eat that. So I'd be like my daughter. All my kids are normal eaters. I didn't raise any children that were like me. They're all healthy and they're fit. But I was still in that mode that would be thin. But if I don't eat something like for breakfast, I get so starved. I have to eat that second. It's like I have to eat. So I feel like that was a miracle way that God knew. He knows me. And he knew that I wouldn't do it on my own. And so he, as a loving father, he healed me. And I didn't. I was like, no, she didn't hear me. (laughs) But thank God so good that as a parent, if your kids wants to do something that is wrong, and even if they've been doing a long time, you're going to do whatever you can to say, stop. That's enough now. And it was a stern father. You know, the father is gentle and, and firm. And he want, he got me. It's like he grabbed me out of that. And I am so thankful. That's been many years. Joshua is now 36 years old. So that's 36 wow. years old. Yeah. You know, this is such an important topic, Ellen. I don't want to get too personal, but there are so many, especially in the younger age group, that have had challenges with, you know, mean girls who make in front of them or, you know, you know, Hollywood actresses or models or, you know, I mean, lots of pressure put on, you know, women to sustain this look or, you know, and you almost can become obsessed, you know, with it. And, um, unfortunately, I know when my daughter was younger, she went through that phase and, you know, it's, it, it can actually kill, you know, women. Um, and we know Karen Carpenter, her story and I mean, bulimia and all of that's so hard on your heart. So the wisdom that you're bringing to the listeners around this and, you know, sharing how God spoke to you came through and brought you to where you are in a healthy mindset, because that's what this is all about. It's, it's being in a healthier mindset, you know, and being in a place of how you view who you are. And, you know, we are the temple of God. And yes, you know, we want to be healthy, and we want to be fit, and we want, you know, to take care of our bodies. But I think the enemy has tried to come in and distort and do things, you know, to destroy, you know, all that God really planned and intended. So I'm glad you yielded to that and, 
you know, now you're in a great place and then you didn't bring that into your girls. You know, so many mothers will bring also their unhealthy body image or the way they think into, you know, their children in their homes. And, you know, that's, that's not good either. So I'm grateful that, you know, you have learned to balance that and still at your age where you're at. And, you know, I know my husband struggled with that. He struggled because he was a wrestler before he became a, a college football, you know, he played college football, played, he was a very much an athlete in his younger years. And he just went yo-yoed up and down and up and down for so long with eating because he had to drop weight and gain weight and drop weight. And, you know, they do that in the military and, you know, so it's, it's a problem. It can, it can really get a hold of you. So I really appreciate you sharing that. And now, so how do you advise others? The mothers are key in this. I feel, cause like I said, I was, I had my own problem to my fifth child and did not put it on my children. But the mothers are key. I was on a show yesterday with Jane Ann, Bob Burke, our wow mom. I forgot to mention I'm that host, but we were talking about the mothers building their self-confidence because you have a child and you say, you're the dumb kid or you're the ugly duckling or you're the whatever. You're labeling that child. Oh, this kid's a brat or this. Watch your words. You know, we guard our tongue and the words stink sometimes. And it takes a long time for that sting to be taken out and be carefully covered with love. So it's very important the words, but I never weigh myself ever. I hardly ever. If I go to the doctor, I always take off my shoes, my earrings. <laughs> I don't weigh myself because that was one of the ways it got in there was I'd say, oh, wow, I gained a pound. I lost a pound. Focusing on self, you know, sin is I in the middle. So focusing on self is always a bad idea, no matter if it's your weight, too much weight or too little weight. It's focusing on self. And secondly, I, I do try to eat healthy. Now, Pat and I always often say we're not going to eat sugar or starch, but we do. You know, I love I love my bag of chips, you know, at start with Cheetos. So, yes. And so we don't ever make it. I've heard you talk about Cheetos a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we don't ever make it a like half to thing. And then I don't like the yo-yo. The yo-yo is hard. People do do that. So there's certain foods I never eat anyways. I don't go eat it and then not eat it unless it's just something like little. You get in a habit. And what's a habit? something to do every day. So you have to kind of, you have to change your mindset and you have to, sometimes you have to change your taste buds. Say like, I'm not a big vegetable fan, but I, this age now I'm trying to do the vegetables. It was really not my thing. And my husband does love salads. So we try really hard, but we don't do anything extreme. You know, either way you're the, the um, I, I thought I was on video, but make it even the teeter totter and try to, you know, ask the Lord. One person diet is a funny thing. It's a funny word, but some people lose weight one way and some people lose weight another way. My son, Dan, always says this, eat less and, and exercise more. That's the, that's the formula. He's not a doctor, but he's a wise man. And my husband yeah. always is to encourage me, you know, because he doesn't want ever to go back where I was, but thank the Lord. See, thank the Lord. He takes care of all that. So don't, don't, put them out, don't do scales, watch your words. Try to gear the children, even at a young age, that taste buds to form them in a good way. And then, and then if they fail, like just like we all fail, we get back up and we climb that mountain. Yeah. So when you saw transformation and, you know, God worked through this woman at, you know, where you were and brought that to you as an awareness and to really do some self-reflection 
and evaluation around that. Did you did you make admission that you it was a sin? What you were doing was a sin against your body. I'm so much that way. I repented, and then I then I went back to the and wrote a little letter. You know, a letter to him saying, you know, it really wasn't. I because I in a way in my mind, even though I never said anything, I kind of blamed that person. But it was vanity. It wasn't his fault. He was saying, "Doesn't pump me." And one word to someone is a good word. Like you know, somebody say, you know, any it means good things, and someone else had done. So I really do thank the Lord for that. I thank the Lord. I went back to him. I went to the Lord and I, I repent often for things. Even if I, if I fall back into anything we do, I, I definitely did. I think that God, he saw that I could be healthier. See, I wouldn't have the stamina and energy I have at this age, 68. And I continued that path 35 years ago. I was like, someone do the math much younger. <laughs> so now that I'm old and wise and I have the gray hairs to prove it. And I, I tell women. You're, you're forming those children's stuff, which I feel very serious about this for the moms. And they will be, think about this. There's that old story, the ugly duckling. Do you remember it when you were a kid? The I, ugly duckling? I do. I remember that story being told to me. Yeah. See, so I thought it was like the ugly duckling. Here I am. I'm pleasantly plump. When really God was building me into a swan. And if I had stayed the path, who knows how much healthier I would have been had I done that not through my fifth child from age junior in high school. But you know what? That's the journey. You could take it the easy way and go on the path the Lord has straight on. But rarely do we do that. We take the crooked road and then later on in life, he uses it to make us a holy woman of God. And we know we're not to go because we've been in those pits before. We go, okay, there's a pit ahead. I'm not stepping in that one. (laughs) We get wiser. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Well, we hope we get wiser, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. I hope. I mean, some people, what's that doing? It, what is it? They say insanity is doing the oh, same thing that. over and over and over again. I mean, come on. You would think that different results, thinking different results will happen as Einstein. But I love your questions, but and I really do love um, sharing this because. Mothers, if you if you want to speak, or I would really like to speak to women more about this because I feel like I haven't really spoken on this area that much, Michelle. So I thought I should do that one because you know what, summer is coming, and we all like to look really good in those bathing suits. But even at that, every figure is different, and if you can look at each person as that is beautiful, and not look, not be self self destructive to the, the person. There's a quote my daughter said, and I never will forget it. She was little. She was probably in high school. It's Caitlin, and she said, "She says, mom, if you look through, we so look through the eyes of a microscope at a person, you can see every defect. You know, what, wouldn't it be better, Michelle? If we look at people and say, I love your pink. <laughs> I love yes. that covers my sin. And just the positive is so much. I, for me, I've trained my tongue to do it most of the time, unless I'm angry that I. I say what is the truth because then you can't go, oh, that's all right. You just sinned on me and I'm okay with that. We have to not point out all the defects of body image or any defect. We got to stay with what the word of God says, encourage one another in the Lord. Because I talk fast, Michelle, you butt right in. <laughs> I take a go. No, I know I have a variety of different women, you know, my life and are that's the way that they are very just. Dis- spirited and you know out there and you know love this talk and of course we're <laughs> me as a podcaster and a person I I love to talk to so you know what you're doing great you are really doing great and I really appreciate you um 
and how you are ministering and sharing these these things because I have, of course, known young ladies that have gone into the hospital for anorexia. Um, and, and it's it's quite a journey and coming out of that and getting to a different mindset, you know, and mothers who have been responsible for, you know, bringing that in, you know, to their families because, and there is that vanity component, you know, yes, there is the control, you know, a lot of women want to have control and that's their one way. You see it on the opposite end too, you know, with extreme overweight, you know, with people and that's their emotional base and they're trying to use food, you know, and regardless, whatever, we just need to bring the Lord into, you know, our life to help us be healthier all the way around in how we think and how we conduct, you know, our lives and lifestyle, in my opinion. And it's been when I've seen what I've seen in my own life, it has made a huge difference, not saying that there's perfection or any of that, but it does make a difference, I think, especially when you're dealing with these kinds of struggles, right? And for other women, they may use other things um, besides food. They might use cosmetic surgery or, you know, all, all, all kinds of things. But, you know, the, the core of this is, you know, that there is vanity there and, you know, pride and those kind of things that come into it too, which I think is all really good conversations to have. And regardless, I, I'm not negating though, Ellen, that it's important to feel good about yourself and your health and look as good as you can and take care of yourself. And I do think God gives us wisdom in those areas and brings all kinds of people to come alongside us to give us wisdom too, you know, and there's healthy, really healthy people out there in their mindset and even in, you know, their physical and how they do take care of their health and all of that, that we can also uh, be inspired by. So, <laughs> and so it, you're another one. So with my children too, I was going to mention this. It's very important. I didn't go around copying their looks as much as their, their virtue, you know, because little pink dress is the accessorized virtue. And I would say like, you know, that was a kind deed, or I just had my grandbaby at the house yesterday and I had this little thing. It said joy. And what we say is take a virtue. And then when they do joy, week of joy or week of love or the week of peace, I give little stars. So they'd be like, wow, they try to, you know, they're competitive. I had a lot of kids say, okay, did I, you know, they, it would be like a reward for their heart. And the way I learned that, Michelle, is when I was a young, young mother, I had just toddler is like wee little toddler. And yeah. I, I didn't have Tarolyn. And he, um, I went to a friend's house and she had a little girl his age and they were going to play. I said, wow, what a beautiful little girl. And she said, she was a very strong Christian. And her person, I was like this, in my home, it's not a pretty face that counts. It's a pretty heart instead. It was so impressionable that my heart was moved to say, wow, what is wrong with you? Well, we were big on pretty. In my home, I was raised Italian and everything's out pretty. But and so I think that look at the heart of the person and not the, um, not the, just what's the outward. And it could, you know, I just think it's so important. We could change the world in our realm, what we're supposed to be doing by one person. And it has to start with yourself. That's why we don't look at the other person, what they're doing. We say, well, what am I supposed to do? Tell mothers to raise the children healthily. 
or if they don't, the world will raise it for you. You got to have it be things of God. And then the kid, the children will be happier and they'll be healthier. And it won't be saying, well, are you going to eat that chip? It's going to make you fat. Or, you know, you know, there's different things you do as moms. We don't even think about it or say, man, you can say your child. So wise, so wise, Ellen. You're bringing up so many wonderful things I think that need to be brought out and talked about in this particular area. So this is all part of the healing, I think, that has to transpire and take place um, so that the end result isn't, you know, this whole battle of, you know, yo-yo up and down and anorexia and eating and not eating. And, you know, the struggle, the struggle is real. And so I think anyone that's going to listen to this podcast and this episode is going to really be blessed. I wish I would have heard these things when I was raising my daughter, because at that time, I remember, you know, I did value the inner beauty. Don't get me wrong, because my mother was a believer and then Christian and all that. And she didn't put as much. But, you know, I had a dad. He, ah, you're getting a little heavy, girl. Or, you know, you know what I mean? He put a lot of emphasis on image and looks and stuff like that. And that does carry into, you know, the way that you are and how you raise um, your your children. In and so I do think that was coming in on both ends for my daughter. You know, hearing it from her biological dad, and then you know from me, and praising her for her beauty. And you know, thankfully, you know, God got a hold of me and transitioned and changed, you know, me for that time um, that I think when she was starting to fall into the anorexia pattern and there was some wisdom that came in and I started, you know, really looking at all of that. And I just wish I would have known more about that, you know, when I was raising her then too. So these are all great words. And um, any, is there anything else around the topic of this, Ellen, that you'd like to you know, talk about my parents might have been clueless, you know, because those days, I this is in the 70s, and maybe yeah, the 70s, I graduated high school in 1971, and they were clueless. So, this is kind of sad and funny, Michelle. They um they moved to from Illinois, uh, to, it's a suburb to Louisville, Georgia, which was like Mayberry, right? And they took me to like this doctor. And because the, they didn't know what's wrong, I was like 78 pounds. I was, you know, <laughs> that makes, you know, that's, that makes you like not healthy. And the doctor I was in college, I think about that time. So I was 72 and he gave me um, some appetite pills. And so that, that look, he's going to give you these appetite pills, make you hungry. But when you are anorexic ladies and moms, you don't want to eat. So you want to be thin. Over the, so I, I jumped him down the toilet, right? You've got to help someone by finding out what's the inner problem. Like what is... Don't just give a pill because an anorexic is not going to take an appetite pill that, that they would take a pill to get thin, but I never did that. I never did thin pills or whatever they call those. And I never did that bulimia. I just, I didn't even know I had anorexia. I just was trying to be thin so I wouldn't look pleasantly plump, right? So yeah, truly what, I those happened, words. And what ended up happening to me is that, that um, I, had to, I had to have the Lord intervene, I guess, because I was just so animate about the thin, well, that's the main thing. Healthy is the main thing, Michelle. You, you alluded to it. You said you, you you were trying to be healthy. We have to try to be healthy. But some sort of problem within. Now, mine was so silly. Vanity that someone said I look pleasantly plump. I really had just gone from being a, 
a teenager child to being a mature woman. You know, if you know what I'm saying, I don't want to say it here. I think I look better to the people, the men, right? And so that made yeah. that was the use. See, so when I figured that out, I go, it was like an instant healing that way. Those words weren't meant to hurt me. He was a young teenage guy. He's probably saying something nice. And I was like, clueless. Yeah. So, but the doctor yeah. went on the problem. You got to solve the problem and face the problem and then walk up the mountain with Jesus hand in hand. Because we don't know yes. what the problem is. You give a thousand kinds of pills and the problem is going to still be deep in their soul. Yes. Oh, I'm so grateful that you talked through that because there is, it's a healing that has to transpire and a change and a transformation. So you know, Ellen, would you mind sharing a little bit about your salvation journey too? Like what brought you to your faith? I love this story. I hope I don't make it too long. <laughs> well, we, we can see where we are, but I mean, I'm just, I just kind of would like the listeners to hear a little bit about it. I was married at 20 years old and went on a month long honeymoon to the man, with the man of my dreams, Patrick Monkin. He was an MD at that time. He was doing doctoring. Now he's doing deacon. And um, we had, we had, we came home and they, I, I was, I thought I was car sick because I get sick the day I get pregnant. I was sick like a month and then two months. We did this whole test they do that's called the rabbit died. And those diesel, so I'm so old that they just didn't tell you that day or you had to wait. And then the doctor would call and say the rabbit died. I didn't even know what that meant. So I was pregnant with Tyler. And then a few months, you know, a few years later, the next, within 23 months, I had Terrellin. And so here I am, a suburban 21-year-old or 22-year-old girl living with, a, you know, no dog, but two-car garage and a boy and a girl, the perfect life in a family, according to the world. And I was so happy. I went back to church because I was a fallen away church person. See, uh-huh. I was a student. I couldn't get up to pass. And so I, I came back to church. And my brother-in-law, who was a uh, Christian before any of family said, when you go back to church, look for the charismatics. And so I did. And I didn't have to look far. They found me in Gainesville, Florida. They came to me. And so I went to a prayer meeting. And I believe that God is bigger than denomination. I love the Lord. And I'm a Catholic girl. And I do my faith wholeheartedly. And I live by the word of God because I love the word of God. But I went there and I was a little prejudiced against other faiths because I was brought up with, by the nuns. And I went, they had the prayer meeting and we were praying. And I had had a dream when I was dating my husband and I was baking cookies. So I was baked him cookies in the bowl of cookies. Jesus came in the bowl of my dream. And he said, I am the way and the truth and the light. And the only way to me is through the father. And I was like, wow, that sounds good. That's my Jesus. And I went to that prayer meeting in Gainesville. And one lady, Jeannie Roach, opened the Bible and read that verse. And I said, wow, that's beautiful. That's just what Jesus told me in the cookie bowl when I was making the cookies in my dream. Of course, she thought she didn't know me then. So she thought, well, <laughs> but the truth is, the truth is, it was the word of God speaking to me in a way that I would know that that was Catholic to read the Bible. That was Catholic to hear, you know, we're all different faiths. So I hope I don't, you could cut out my faith thing, but I do believe that God used that to make it comfortable that he speaks to all of us where we're at. And that was the dream he gave me. And so I became, but it's very quick at the end. I became a um, church going Bible talking about Jesus girl all the time, obnoxious almost. Like I started, I started walking towards people. They walk away because they didn't want. A lot of people left me as because I love the Lord, and you know that's the persecution we something's face. But then I, I was sad because my husband was a, a pagan, and that my brother advised me that you know it's hard when you're married to 
a God that's not a believer and you're a believer. So I knew what to do. I prayed and I kept seeing the Lord and I was quiet. I didn't stuff Jesus down his throat. But I did say the Lord, if Pat follows Jesus, I will give away my diamond ring. I didn't get a diamond ring when I was married at first. He just made a ring for us. He, he made one because we didn't have money and he made a ring. And then he bought me a diamond on my second baby. When I realized I'm a suburban girl, it's boy and a girl. So I, I, my husband, we prayed and we get pushed and prayed. And that year he found Jesus and I gave away my diamond. And many people would say, well, where is your diamond now? I go, I don't have a diamond. And I didn't have a diamond until like, I think two years ago, I have a pearl. I, you can see it. It was a beautiful Aww. pearl ring. And we okay. said, away because it was, it was, I say, it's more important that Pat knows the Lord and follows Jesus. And if I have a, a diamonds aren't forever, see, Jesus is forever. So the story is in, in Catholic mom, I would say, because I, it's a beautiful story because it's like, put your money where your mouth is. I, it wasn't a bargain with God. You know, some women wait their lifetime for Jesus to bring their husband in. But that's, do. that's heart. isn't it up to them. They, their heart has to be changed and prayer does change hearts, but they still have free will. So that's my diamond or forever story. And Jesus is a pearl of great price. He just is. Oh, and you wouldn't well, fit your world. Well, thank you for sharing that. I know it's a little off from what we talked about, but I just thought we had a little bit of time left on uh, in this interview, and we're going to wrap up now. But I do thank you for all of the great words, the nuggets, the story, you know, what you've shared. And Ellen, can you just also uh, briefly share how you can be reached for those that may want to reach out to you to read your books? I know we're going to put all this up on an episode page when we're going to be launching this podcast soon, but I want to know how uh, others can get a hold of you if they need to. My books, two of my books, or the next two books coming out are going to be covenant books as well as this one I had, Wow Mom, A Walk with God. And you can reach me at www.ellenmongan.com. And then I have an email, wowellen at yahoo.com. And she has that podcast too, Wow Women. is, is wow, mom. It, Everything wow mom. mom. And it's a really it's cool, I mean, it really is. Have you on again? <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. I would love that. This is wonderful. I want you to be my so Podcasts are there to learn. Sometimes you don't have time to watch a video. But you, get, you listen while you're in the shower. It's a, it's a way to learn. We're all growing. We are, and we continue to grow. And so I'm hoping many of the listeners will be able to grow from what you shared today. So again, I want to thank you for taking the time, Ellen. And I hope you have a really blessed day. God bless all that you're doing in this 2022 year. And friends, like I've mentioned, we're going to have this episode up on our website, www.alteredstories.org. And of course, we're out on all those other major platforms. And until the next show, friend, be heard and be healed. Altered Stories Ministry is a faith-based, nonprofit, and women's evangelistic storytelling ministry located in Overland Park, Kansas. If you enjoyed listening to today's story, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of women all over the world, too. So please, subscribe to our show and share the link to this podcast. Share it on your social media. We also welcome your valued feedback on our stories. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories and welcome your tax-exempt financial donation. To find out more on how you can support our ministry, you can log on to our website at www.alteredstories.org.